On today's show, we're going to look back at all of the action from Sunday. There was a lot of it. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Before we get into recapping Sunday's games, a couple of interesting, well not interesting, a couple of news uh, news points. The Celtics and Heat game from today was postponed due to Miami not having enough available players. The Heat, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Mavericks all dealing with a lot of COVID at this point. Uh, News injury on Thomas Bryant, torn ACL out for the season. Mo Wagner is the biggest beneficiary. He might be a back-end 12-team league player. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic has suffered an avulsion fracture in his knee, which results from a ligament pulling and pulling a bit of bone off, which is never fun. I've had that multiple times in my fingers, but in the knee, not great. Probably four to six weeks, maybe eight weeks for Bogdan, meaning Reddish will probably maintain a starting spot and increased value for Kevin Herter. But just wanted to get those news points out of the way here. Also, I do, I'm do. i going to talk about it later on, but Christos Porzingis is questionable to uh, come back to action. So he might play on Monday. So don't necessarily activate him straight away out of IR, but good news that Porzingis could be ready to return. Let's have a look, and let's look at these games now from Sunday in the NBA. The first one of those, the, uh, the early one, the Utah Jazz and the Detroit Pistons. The Jazz win at 96-86. Donovan Mitchell, the last couple of games from the Don have been uh, improved. He's gone. He's good. 28 points, 6 of 7 from the line, 50% from the field, 4 threes. Starting to climb back up those rankings. Still probably a bit of a buy low in play, but good to see him returning to form. Well, Mike Conley did start off hot, dropped off a bit. Big game here, 22, 5, and 6. Well, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Gobert only had 4 points. But 19 boards and four blocks. Unfortunately, his free throws are an absolute disaster, and he was only 20% from the field. Gobert is a little bit disappointing in overall rankings this year, and a large part of that is because he's shooting, I think, 50% free throws from uh, for the entirety of the season. Another shit one from Boyan Bogdanovic, seven points on 11 shots. He did have six rebounds, which is... A surprise, to be sure. But a welcome one. But how much longer can we keep a guy whose value is in shooting well, who can't shoot well? He's not doing anything else. I think that his upside is not high enough to maintain him as a must-roster player, and I'd be okay moving on from him. Royce O'Neal had a big game over the weekend, and then he had zero points on two shots. But he did have eight rebounds. He had four assists. He had one steal. He still has some 12-team league value. Well, Jordan Clarkson is doing basically what Bogdanovich should be doing, 18 points in 25 minutes for Clarko. For the Pistons, another big one from Jeremy Grant, 28, 4-4, 29.8 usage, 62 true shooting. The ability for him to play shit ton of minutes, with a massively high usage and a huge uh, true shooting, has been phenomenal. I did not see it coming in the slightest. I'm not even sure if he's a sell high at this point. 
Mason Plumlee, the minutes confusion continues. Only 26 here, but it was 30 plus last game. It was like 20 the game before that. It's all over the shop. But 68321, if he gives you those numbers, then he's a must roster player. I just don't know if it's going to continue. Dillon Wright played 36. He only had six points, but five rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. That puts him into 12-team contention. There was no Derek Rose. There was no... Oh, sorry. There was no Derek Rose. There was no Killian Hayes. And there was someone pretending to be Josh Jackson. Or maybe there was someone pretending to be Josh Jackson in those good games. Wright's got some 12-team value. Jackson was shit house for the second consecutive game. Two points on 0-5 shooting with two steals. I think in a points league, I might hold on. In a category league, he's not that good anyway. Get rid of him. Not happy with him. Sadiq Bay, 27 minutes. The minutes are pushing up for Sadiq. I'm not sure if he's anything more than a three-point streamer at this point, but 12 points with two threes. But encouraging to see him play 27 minutes when Griffin plays 33 and Grant plays 36. 10, 6, and 5 for Griffin. I, I think he's cooked. I think he's just rooted, really. I, I'm not sure if he's ever going to be an efficient scorer ever again, which is a shame for a bloke that really has been so fun over the course of his career and you know highly respected for everything that he's been able to do in terms of changing his uh, game around as things have changed in the NBA. He's been awesome, but... Oh, it's pretty rough at the moment for Blake Griffin. And I think in a 10-teamer, you might want to consider him a uh, a droppable player at this point. Let's move on to the next one. We're looking at the Chicago Bulls and the LA Clippers. The Clippers win at 130-127, but not without Zach Levine going bananas. 45 points for Levine. 10 triples, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. True shooting of 80%, 35 usage. He started off the season slow and he's now the 11th ranked player. He has been going absolutely bananas. Is he a bit of a sell high? Probably, but don't sell him for anyone who's not a top 20 player. Garrett Temple started because there was no Lowry Markinen, nor Otto Porter, nor Thomas Sadoransky, nor Chandler Hutchison. Temple has been playing a pretty key role, but 18 points on one miss, 88% shooting, two steals, three threes, absolute sell high if you've got him. He's not going to be a 12-team league player. And Paddy Williams played 36 minutes with all those absences. That won't continue. 17 points in 36 minutes with two steals. He's a good steal source, Pat Williams, but not much more than that. Kobe White didn't really have it going offensively, but love to see other things happening. Eight boards and a career-high 13 assists with one steal. Just the nine points, but he's playing a shit ton of minutes. Probably because Sadoransky's out, but he has been really good. While Wendell Carter Jr. is solid, but only 27 minutes. No foul trouble. That's a little bit concerning. 12 and 5. I still maintain that Carter is a guy that we want in 12-team formats. The next one, or the next team, sorry, the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, the fun guy, 35 points. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> he did look like he hurt his leg at the end, but he says he's fine. He's, he's ready to go for Wednesday, so that's good. 35.7 triples, four assists, and three steals. While the Beatle Paul George had 28, 7, and 9. They both continued their great seasons. While Lou Williams showed some life, 21 points in 24 minutes. I don't buy into it at all. He did have three steals as well, threw down a dunk. Don't get excited. Uh, Nick Batum, eight points in 28 minutes, three assists, four steals, and a block. Keeps producing that really nice value with low scoring. Great in a punt point scenario. Probably not as good in a points league versus a category league, but he's got some value that he can be rostered in 12-teamers. Marcus Morris played more minutes, 11-7. and seven. I don't believe he's ever going to be a 12-team league player this season. While it was a pretty rough one for Serge Ibaka, 10-5 in his 26 minutes, but the return of Morris has hurt guys like Zubats, and in particular, hurt guys like the Duck, Luke Kennard, who is uh, struggling at this point to get enough playing time to be anywhere close to relevant. 
Built Bar is relevant because it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Six new flavors for Built Bar, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. There's also the 12 original flavors as well, and all bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber bars. Great for a keto diet, and if you're looking to lose weight or maintain weight, they are a delicious treat that you can feel pretty confident about indulging in without worrying too much about the calories. The new Cherry Barcia bar has 17 grams of protein with 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. The promo code is locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, um, let's move on to the next game now. The Oklahoma City Thunder and the Brooklyn Nets. Wow, 129 to the Thunder, 116 to the Nets. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, now now we're getting somewhere. 31, 6, and 7, two steals and a block, 69% shooting. Giggity. 88 from the line, massive. But how about MC Hamadou Diallo? Stop. 24 minutes, 25 points, four steals. Now, there's a lot of unsustainability here for Diallo as he had four steals and he shot 71% from the field. But I thought he looked pretty good. Now, I feel confident about him remaining in the rotation. I don't feel confident about him remaining a 12-team league player. But his last four games have yielded 17 points per game with one and a half steals. But the key thing you got to look at there is he's shooting 74% on twos. He was at 49 last year. It is going to come down, and it is going to come down pretty hard. Do I think you can add him in a 16-teamer? Yes. 14-teamer? Maybe. I don't think that he is a must-roster 12-team league player. Al Horford had 22 and 6 in 28 minutes, while Lou Dort, 25 minutes. Bort? Oh, come on, Bort? Mommy, Mommy, buy me a license plate. No, come along, Bort. Are you talking to me? No, my son is also named Bort. Um, I don't really think we need to hold on to Dort. 25 minutes, 13 points with two threes. He's more of a 14-team league guy. Isaiah Roby got the backup center minutes ahead of Mike Muscala. Now, Muscala was allegedly healthy, but Roby played and was good. 13 points, five rebounds, just a name to watch for deeper leagues while uh, Pokyashevsky back in the rotation. Teo Maladon not really doing a huge amount. I think we can drop George Hill. Do not drop uh, Darius Baisley, though. Five points on uh, just six shot attempts with two blocks. A couple of poor performances in a row from Baisley. Do not drop him. Kevin Durant returned for the Nets, 36 points in 38 minutes, 11 rebounds, 52% from the field, 80 from the line on 15 attempts. He is the eighth-ranked player this season, a big number there. Jared Allen remained starting, 15 and 10, and Karis LeVert started in place of Kyrie Irving, 21, 4, and 6. This is a real sell-high moment, I believe, for LeVert once Irving does return. He's not going to play at this level, is my guess. Torian Prince, solid enough for a 16-team league at the moment, while Joe Harris is up, all up and down. He's all over the place. I think you'd probably hold him in a lot of cases in 12-teamers. I wouldn't say that he's a must-roster or must-hold guy, but you know, he's he's up there in terms of points and threes, and that's about it. Too many people rostering DeAndre Jordan. Get rid of him. No need for him in any 12-team formats. Well, it was a stinker from Landry Shamet. He just looked bad out there. And Bruce Brown went from starting to playing five minutes, and maybe he is back on his way out of the rotation. So uh, that flyer there, probably not going to work out is my guess. Next up, the Nuggets, they beat the Knicks pretty comfortably. Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus. Big, big. 22 and 10, 5 assists, a triple 1, 60% from the field, remains awesome. While, is he back? No! 
Gary Harris, 14 points, two threes, two steals, a block, playing at a very high level. I'd add him in 14-team leagues, and then let's see, maybe add him in 12s. I'm not completely convinced, but he's looking pretty good. Paul Millsap's a drop. No need to have him in a 12-teamer. While it's a bit of a buy-low scenario for their headmaster, Jamal Murray, the 75th-ranked player this year, nine points with three assists. A really poor performance here, but he is obviously better than this. Monty Morris had 12 points in 23 minutes, while Barton had five points in 22. Barton is all over the place. He is not going to be a long-term 12-team league guy. He just is a streaming option for now while Mickey Porter is out. For the Knicks, of course, they were down by like 25 points. And with six minutes to go, Julius Randle had played 38 minutes and was still in the game. He ended up with 38 minutes. Thankfully, Thibodeau took him out. 29, 10, and 5, 69%. Giggity. From the field, 83 from the line. Really good numbers, but these minutes are bullshit. Randall is leading the league in minutes, and uh, yeah, look, if they've pushed him to wins, but the last couple of games haven't been good. This is going to catch up. It is just the standard pattern with Tom Thibodeau teams. It catches up in one way or the other, and it's all great getting the push for wins in the first week of January. Hey, look at the Knicks. We're back. Thibodeau, what a great coach. It is bad coaching, and I will never move away from that idea. That will con- and I don't care if they do have those wins. It is bad coaching, and we'll see what happens. But anyway, big numbers from Randall. Is Sal high in case his legs fall off? Perhaps. Mitchie Robinson, uh, the foul trouble looks to be gone, and that is a good coaching job to get those foul issues away from Robinson, so credit there. 11-5 and five with a steal and a block, while Alfred Payton had 12-3-5 in 32 minutes. Emmanuel quickly... Now, I talked about him on the Dynasty show last week about how uh, unsustainable what he was doing is. Now, I guess he sort of proved me wrong because he got another four free throw attempts, but he missed every shot from the field. And that two-point percentage, which was atrocious at Kentucky and was like 70% in the NBA, was always going to come down, and now it is. He is not a 12-team league player. Well, Rowan Barrett, is he a 12-team league guy? Nine points, nine rebounds, four assists. He had a triple zero. He shot 31 from the field and 33 from the line. Those percentages just continually kill you. He is a horrendous shooter. He cannot hit threes. His defensive stats are lacking. He's a points league guy. I'm not sure if he's a must-roster 12-team league player at this point. He is just hes just bad. Uh, simple as that. He just is too harmful in too many different areas to be considered a good player at this point. If you know who the good players are in the NFL playoffs, in the start of the NBA season, then you should be able to get your knowledge and put it to the test. If you're ready for these big playoff matchups heading into you know, ch- uh, championship week coming up in a couple of weeks, BetOnline is the place that has you covered, and it's the one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, on to the next game. Um... The Lakers take care of business against the Rockets, 120-102. Anthony Davis had some early foul trouble, but wasn't needed in the end. 30 minutes, 27 points, four rebounds, and three blocks. Blocks And Taylor Horton Tucker really took advantage in garbage time. 17-5-3, four steals, and two threes. No one's denying is his ability to put up numbers. It's just getting the opportunity to put up those numbers. It's not really there. Uh, Montrez Harrell, pretty solid game from him, 16-18, and 18, 23 minutes. Last couple have been pretty good. I still don't maintain that he's a must-roster player in 12-team leagues. Well, Schroeder had only eight points. Filled it up in other areas. You don't get two steals and two blocks from Dennis Schroeder very often. The seven assists are nice. Pretty poor from LeBron overall, to be honest. 18-7-7, but only 30 minutes needed for him. It was just an easy, easy game. 
Uh, KCP played 22 minutes in his return from an ankle problem. That also gave Horton Tucker more minutes, as did the absence of Wes Matthews, but not a lot of takeaways from this Lakers game, I don't think. Markeith Morris was ejected pretty early. And speaking of ejections, DeMarcus Cousins also ejected after eight minutes. He had six points in that time, and there was talk that maybe we'd get to see him next to Christian Wood. Of course, we still haven't seen that occur, and we don't know what that means for Cousins' value. Ejected twice already this year. And it's just hard to know if he needs 20 plus minutes to be a 12 team league guy, and he's just not getting it. Harden had 20 points, six rebounds, nine assists, and two steals. Still not at his best, but pretty strong. While Wall had 14, 10, and five with two blocks, and another strong Jay Sean Tate performance. Nine and six with two steals and a block. This guy is going to remain in the rotation, and I wouldn't be surprised if he takes over from PJ Tucker because I think Tucker's getting traded at some point. Wood had 23 points. Uh, empty otherwise, but still 23 points is 23 points. While Nwaba didn't do a huge amount in a start, that's not a surprise. He had that one big game, and I didn't think we needed to overreact to that. And uh, here we are, not overreacting to it, which is uh, exactly the right move. All right, on to the next game, the San Antonio Spurs and the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Wolves get a win without Carl Anthony Towns, which is amazing in itself. 96-88. to 88. Towns was resting due to the back-to-back after just returning from that wrist injury. Lonnie Walker was massive. Now, I've been pretty critical of Walker and his fantasy inputs, and actually his real-life impact as well, but he was great here. 25 points in 30 minutes, four assists, a steal, and a block with three threes. Unfortunately, he did appear to tweak his hamstring at the end, didn't return to the game. He did come back to the bench, but we'll have to monitor that. But this is without DeMar DeRozan and, of course, without Derek White, so it's hard to get too excited about Walker. He's not a 12-team ad. Good to see that from LaMarcus Aldridge, 37 minutes, 20 and 9 on a back-to-back. Still not quite there where he needs to be with efficiency, and if you could sell him for a top 70 player, I probably would. He's not going to get back to being that top 40 sort of player, but good to see some nice numbers there. While another big one from Paddy Mills, 18 points in 29 minutes. Of course, no DeRozan, so more minutes. I don't think that Mills is going to maintain this level of production. So if you get an offer for any sort of top 100, top 120 type of player in a trade, I would probably do that. Poor night from Calden Johnson. Three points on one of six shooting, but three blocks, one steal, seven rebounds. Must roster player. Got to hold him. Well, DeJounte Murray struggled. 11-4-5. They also went with a surprise starter, Trey Lyles. You won't be surprised to know that Lyles had 11... Sorry, let's try again. He had five points in 35 minutes. He did have 10 boards, but... He's not even an every-night every regular rotation player, so don't get into him. Jakob Pertl only 11 minutes and Devin Vassell only 10 minutes. Uh, Pertl's been a massive disappointment this year, while Vassell, it's just going to be hard for him to crack the rotation consistently. And with White and DeRozan out and still only playing 10 minutes, yeah, Popovich just does not like playing rookies huge amounts. For the Wolves, D'Angelo Russell, 27-5-5, and a big night from him, while Malik Beasley continued his strong scoring. Now, he doesn't do anything else. Three rebounds, zero assists, zero, uh, zero steals, zero blocks. But continuing to put up nice scoring numbers, he is easily the better player between him and Anthony Edwards at this point. Edwards had zero points on 18 minutes, missed all eight of his shots, and Edwards is not a 12-team league player. In a points league, sure, maybe, um, but in a category league, forget about it. Naz Reed off the bench, 11-7, and seven, another nice night from him, but he's not worth it with Towns here back. And Rubio, six assists and three steals. Now, only 22 minutes from Rubio is a little bit concerning, but the fact that he's getting assists and steals makes him useful for 12 teammates. Jarrett Culver, bad. Two points in 20 minutes, while uh, Josh Kogi returned and played 20 minutes off the bench. He will overtake Culver pretty soon. On a positive note, Jared Vanderbilt did start... Well, 
not start. He did get the backup power forward minutes. Jake Lehman out of the rotation. I've been calling for Vanderbilt to be getting these minutes. I'd like to see him get the backup center minutes as well. He'd need 24 minutes or so to be a 14-team league guy, and he's not getting that yet. But 19 minutes, 5 points and 8 rebounds. And to get minutes at power forward is super encouraging for what his value could be as we move forward. All right, so the last game of the day up now for us to take a look at. What a weird one this was. The Raptors end up losing to the Warriors, 106-105. The Warriors were up big. The Raptors storm home, got in front, and then lose it on a foul on Damian Lee in the final seconds. The Warriors get the win there, 106-105 in the end. Um, some pretty uh, pretty interesting performances. The, the Raptors, as we thought they would. They went small, starting Norman Powell. He got into some early foul troubles and was replaced by Malachi Flynn, but it was Chris Boucher, the wiki, who was in the closing lineup. 15 points in 24 minutes for Boucher. He had six blocks. He fouled out. He's clearly a must-roster player and honestly has top 50 potential the rest of the way. Van Vliet had 21-5-5 with Ananobi, 10-6 and and two steals, and Lowry, returning from a one-game absence, had 17-9-6. Siakam played 40 minutes as the center, 25 and 11. No uh, Alex Len, no Aaron Baines at all. I think we're going to see Boucher start at some point, but they're going to run small a lot of this time. For the Warriors, Draymond Green, 10, 9, and 10. I've been maintaining that I think he's a must-roster player. This is why. Now, it's one game, obviously, but I think he must be rostered everywhere. And I have to give some credit to Andrew Wiggins. Four blocks, 17 points, and four assists. He started the season out dreadfully. He's clearly inside the top 100 now and has that 12-team value. Steph was really locked up by Fred Van Vliet. 13% shooting, 11 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. Well, Oubre, another poor night, but did end up with 29... 29 minutes, 12 points on 14 shots. It is going to come around for Ubre. I feel pretty confident with that. While Wiseman, only 17 minutes again. Blunty just isn't good enough to play big minutes at this point. And if you're holding him, it's just for future production. Because at the moment, what he's doing is not useful at all for 12-team leagues. Let's now move it on to look at the... the Highest adds and drops over the last 24 hours. Tyrese Maxey up 36%. That makes a lot of sense um, for the five weeks ahead, five games ahead this week. Strong ad. Royce O'Neal plus 30%. Yeah, look, he's fine as a back-end guy, but no upside. Austin Rivers plus 16%. I don't believe in him as a 12-team league guy. Daniel Tice at 14%. Great with all the absences from the Celtics. And Hamadou Diallo ups 11%. I don't believe in Diallo, but it's worth taking a flyer on if you've got that ability. Drops, Jeng down 12%, sure. Shake Milton down 11%, no problems at all with that. George Hill down 10%, low upside player. Uh, Thomas Bryant down 10%, yep, injured out for the season. And Biombo's down almost 10% as well. And that's fine. He only produces value in those couple of categories, and that's not going to be for everybody. The monstrous line of the night was Zach Levine, 45 points, 10 threes, and 7 assists for Levine. He is amazingly the, if I have, have a look, the 11th ranked player on the season. Bit of a sell high, maybe, but only if you're getting a top 20 player back. And then your best rookie of the day was his teammate, Pat Williams. 17 points, 3 threes for Williams, 2 steals, 2 assists, 2 rebounds, 67% shooting, but no Porter, no Markinen in this one. Did give him those extra playing, that extra playing time. Let's now move across to look at the games for Monday for DFS, looking at these from a FanDuel point of view. All right, let's look at the first game of the day, the Bucks and the Magic. No spread out for a lot of these games. I guess they're waiting to see whether yeah, Yanni's going to play. Giannis and Unless they're just massive Ivan Fournier fans. Fournier is questionable. Uh, Kumpo is probable, so he'll return pushing Bobby Portis back to the bench. Michael Carter-Williams remains out for the Magic. Cole Anthony's at 4,500. Hasn't really performed at a high level, but can be a 25-point performer. And at 4,500, there is value there. I like DiVincenzo at 46, and Aaron Gordon at 66. Has at least 
um, some GPP value. 11-2 for Yanni. I think it's too high, mainly because I think there is a real blowout risk here and that would limit his playing time. But I do like the 7,800 for Chris Middleton. There's real value in that one. And Vooch is at 9,000. He's been absolutely killing it. At $9,000, 47 average over the last five. The Bucks are giving up some decent numbers to centers. I do like Vooch's uh, value here. 7,600 for Drew Holiday maybe feels a touch on the high side. So I don't think we'd go in that direction. The next game we look at is the Suns and the Wizards. No spread again here. Cameron Payne is doubtful, so Javon Carter will move into a backup role. The Wizards are going to be without Russell Westbrook and Thomas Bryant. So we're looking at Bertans at 46 as a solid GPP play, and we're looking at Flaming Mo Wagner at $4,000. Wagner had... 26 points in the game on Saturday after Bryant went down. I like him quite a bit here. Chris Paul's at 6,900. Giggity. Um, yeah, look, for what Paul's doing, it's probably a little bit high. I don't completely hate it, but it is probably a little bit high. While for cash value, Cam Johnson at 43 looks good. Aiton's down at 6,700, and honestly, it's a little bit too high for what he's producing. I wouldn't be keen on him. We could go back to the well on Harl Neto at 4,200. He let us down over the weekend, but there is no Westbrook, and he can be a 30-minute, 25-point uh, producer at 4,200. That's pretty good, while Bridges at 57 looks to be a solid value. I like Beal as well. 10,100 for Bradley Beal with no Russell Westbrook. You should be getting 50 out of Brad Beal, and I don't think you should be too stressed about whether that comes true or not, because I reckon it will. The Knicks and the Hornets. The Knicks on a back-to-back. The Hornets are four-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 211 points. The double royal Julius Randle. Nine thousand four hundred for Randall. Um, look, he's giving us big numbers. The only worry you have is the back-to-back, and if that takes something out of his legs. But I still like it. Alfred Payton's at fifty-five. That's a strong floor play as well. Devontae Graham's at fifty-six. We know how trash he is, but somehow he's still getting minutes and producing at a level that's higher than fifty-six hundred. I'm not totally into it. Well, Rowan Barrett at sixty-nine hundred is probably just a GPP guy. Now Lamelo Ball's all the way up at seven thousand four hundred, and that's because he's crushing it. He's averaging forty-one over the last five. I think that might it might be a bit too high for me for LaMelo Ball, but I'm not completely against it. He had 55 last time. He can get to 40 pretty easily. Um, ah, screw it. Let's go, let's go with LaMelo. Gordon Hayward's at 78. I like that a lot. While Paul Washington's at 63, that price looks to be right in about the right area for, um, for PJ Washington. The next game we look at here is the Memphis Grizzlies and the Cleveland Cavaliers. No Garland, no Morant, no Jackson, no Winslow. Uh, Sexton is questionable for this one. Um, so we've got Andre Drummond at 9,900. Now, he should be able to get at least close to 50, I would say, with this one. So there is some value in him. While Damian Dotson at 52. I'd love to use Dotson if Sexton's out. That's great value. Now, if Sexton's in, it takes a little bit of the shine off Dotson, but there is value in him. Kyle Anderson's down to 5,400. Don't hate it. Throw it into a GPP at that price. And Larry Nance at 60, uh, not 69, 7,000 for Larry Nance. Yeah, maybe that's a bit high. D'Anthony Melton's at 46, probably pushing the high side as well, while Dylan Brooks can't really do too much at the moment. And 5,900's off-putting. 5,100 for Chetty Osman, I reckon, is all right because he's going to get attempts, especially if Sexton is out. And if they start going down at even a league average level, Chetty will provide value. The Sixers and the Hawks, we know there's a ton of guys out here. Isaiah Joe's at 3,900. 
he is an option just for volume that he's going to get. There's no Ben Simmons, no uh, Shake Milton, no Seth Curry, no Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. So Joe and Dakota, Dakota Matthias at 39 and 4,100 are going to get opportunities. Tyrese Maxey is all the way up at 5,200. That's not dissuading me from playing him. He had 60 on the weekend. Now, he probably won't do that again. But at 5,200, I think he can get 26 or 27, and I feel okay about it. Uh, Clint Capella, the Embiid matchup, I'm not massively keen on. While Trey Young's at 88, and he's dealing with a sore wrist. He hasn't been great, but could he you know, really crack on against this low uh, upside group that the Sixers are putting out there? He's worth a look. No Bogdan Bogdanovic for the Hawks. So Kevin Herter, fan of pants at 4,900, has good value, as does Cam Reddish at 48. DeAndre Hunter is at 6,300, and he continues to play well. And I continue to be amazed by the level of shooting that Hunter's putting out there, and I keep waiting for it to fall off, but it isn't. Um, would I use him? Probably not, just because, again, I'm still having that skepticism over you know, improving as much as he has so far this season. The Pelicans and the Mavericks. Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. Looks like he is back. He is questionable, but he's listed as a probable starter. Also, Muxy Kleber was ruled out due to COVID, and he's listed as questionable. Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Jalen Brunson are all out, but Kleber could play. So that front court rotation is very, very messy. I think they'll start with Porzingis and Corley Stein, limited minutes for Porzingis, and then Kleber and Powell and James Johnson. Is Who's going to be out of the rotation? So there's some real queries there. Now, if there is no Kleber and no Porzingis, the 4,200 for Johnson is awesome, as is the 4,000 for Willie Corley Stein, but there's a lot of ifs there. Luka Doncic is at 11.5. I'd rather spend that 11 on him than I would on Yanni, for example. Well, Tim Hardaway at 58, that's a really good price for a guy who's just getting a lot of offensive opportunities. Trey Burke at 45 with no Jalen Brunson. That could work out pretty well. And no Josh Richardson, of course. Lonzo Ball's at 59. Yeah, probably not. Steven Adams is questionable due to a migraine. So Jackson Hayes could come into play as a flyer. While uh, Zion Williamson at 77 and Brandon Ingram at 88. I think they're both priced just a little bit too high in my mind. Next up is the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings. The Pacers are four-point favorites. The total is 228. There is no TJ McConnell, so maybe that helps Aaron Holiday get some value off the bench, or sorry, starting, but also having some ball-handling responsibilities. Now, uh, he's at 3,500, minimum salary, worth a GPP. Look, I like Justin Holiday at 45 quite a bit, while Rashawn Holmes is questionable for the Kings. Now, if he is out, then we do go to your mate, the worst. The worst. And Whiteside put up some pretty decent numbers last time out with home sideline, so he'd be someone that we could have a look at here. Fox is at 73. He is not really getting it done in my mind, so I'm not keen there. Brogdon at 84 is consistently getting it done. It is high, but I don't think it's a complete disaster. While Sabonis at 92, and that is high for sure, but 9,200 and you're going up against Marvin Bagley, that should uh, that should sound pretty appealing because it sure does to me. Miles Turner is at 7,400. Only for GPPs, there's just too much reliance there for Turner on his block category to be a consistent floor-type player. Next up is the Raptors and the Blazers. Do the Raptors go small again? I actually didn't mention for the Kings, sorry, I should have. Buddy Heald is also questionable, so that gives Tyrese Halliburton uh, a real boost. Um, do the Raptors go small against Nurkic and Cantor? It might be tough. Nurkic is at 6,400. He's playing all right at the moment. He's playing almost like a $7,000 player, so I don't mind him here. The wiki Chris Boucher is up at 7,200. I think you've got to look at him with all the other centers malfunctioning. Uh, Covington's at 48, not interested. Lowry at 77, looks pretty solid to me. And Norm Powell at 48 could be an option for us. CJ's at 89, and I reckon that's probably a little bit too high for McCullum. He's been awesome. 8,900 is a big, big whack. 
Um, you can get Siakam for 84, and I reckon I might prefer that, but that is a big whack for CJ McCollum, and I'm not sure I'm willing to do that. That'll do it for us today. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give me a thumbs up, leave a comment down below, and hit the bell so you don't miss out on a show with those notifications. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>